are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Zhao you doing back in full effect today. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 joins the show. Before we get to that. I want to talk about two things on the opposite ends of the spectrum. One good thing that has stood out to me through six weeks and one not so good thing. They are two things that I do think showed up on Sunday and have been a big part of the story of the season so far, which is why I want to get to them today. Let's start with the good. Rashawn Gary is not putting up big sack numbers. And it's one of the reasons why I thought it was so important that we talk about it because he is not doing the things that Brian Burns does that creates Twitter buzz. He is not putting up highlight videos where he's ghosting a tackle and getting a sack. But on balance, he has been the much more impactful, versatile, and overall quality defender this season. And there are going to be questions about, okay, well, it took until year three. And what did he do last year? And what did he do the year before? And this pick could have been X. It could have been Y. It could have been Z. The best pick they could have made in that spot was DK Metcalf. They didn't do that. The rest of the NFL didn't do that for what? 30 picks after that more. So let's, let's not dwell on that part of it. In fact, I think the pick is being overlooked in terms of everyone made their decision that he was a bust and he didn't play as a rookie that much and he played a little bit more last year. Well, he's getting to start this year. And again, the sack numbers aren't there. But among edge defenders with at least 100 snaps, Rashawn Gary is 13th in pro football focus grade, 13th. That's really good. That means he is like a red chip edge right now today. Not a blue chip. Not the elite guy, but he is consistently impacting game. 10th in pressures, hasn't missed a tackle all season. And when you look at his numbers, they're extremely similar this season to Jadavion Clowney. And I bring up that name for this reason. Both were freak, freak athletes. All time, Rashawn Gary, all time athlete in terms of his testing numbers. He's in the hundredth percentile of a couple of these speed score, agility score, these kinds of things where you mix size and speed. Guys 6'5, 275 should not be able to move the way that he does. But there's some stiffness in his hips. He doesn't have a super advanced pass rush plan at this point. His best idea is speed to power, initial quickness, 
be a terrific run defender, give good effort, and win with quickness and effort that way. And Jadavion Clowney in his career, he's been a, a solid pass rusher. He's always been a guy who got more pressures than sacks, just like Rashawn Gary right now. And he's always been a phenomenal run defender. He's a consistently impactful run defender. Now, he does it more as a penetrator. Rashawn Gary does it more as a point of attack defender. But if you think about it from that standpoint, if Rashawn Gary is healthy Jadavion Clowney over the course of his career, that's going to be a really, really good player. And what's more, he's still so young. I mean, he's still not even 25 years old. So there's still so much upside. They love what he brings to this defense, the effort, and this shows up. I mean, he was really, really good against the Bears. And it, it's not, it, you know, the sack numbers, again, they don't tell the story. They just don't. And that is often the case. And, and I had this whole fight with Bears fans leading up to the game about this about what matters and what doesn't when it comes to pass rush and you know pressures versus sacks and all of those things. And it, it's important to understand when you convert sacks at a certain rate, a rate that is above average given uh, the uh, pressure numbers, that that stuff is just probably not going to be sustainable. That's just the reality that any defense faces. Now, the Bears fans don't really understand regression or anything like that. But Rashawn Gary, according to Pro Football Focus, had seven pressures against the Bears, led the team in pressures, had six hurries, and one quarterback hit, no sacks, but seven pressures. Kenny Clark had six pressures and two sacks with four QB hurries. He got the sacks, but Rashawn Gary consistently impacted Justin Fields' platform. And in fact, on more than one occasion... Rashawn Gary's rush forced Justin Fields to move off his spot and go somewhere else. And in the case of Jonathan Garvin, his sack was a direct result of a Rashawn Gary bull rush that made Justin Fields break the pocket and, and roll to his left and Garvin chased him down. He's impacting the game. And that's what you need. Okay, now on the other side of this, the bad. This is via our friend Jake Morley at Packer Report. Aaron Rodgers, deep passing. This is on throws 20 plus yards down the field. He has the fifth most attempts in the league, but the 19th most completions. His completion percentage, no, the percentage of 20 plus yard attempts that have been deemed catchable, 31st in the league, 30%. His deep passer rating, 48 and a half. That's 31st. He has not thrown a touchdown on a throw over 20 yards, but he has two picks on throws over 20 yards. Now, those numbers are not going to sustain, but they are problematic. And we talked about it last night with, with Ross. This is a quarterback who is having opportunities to hit these plays down the field. He had Alan Lazard on a go route where the safety is not in a position to make a play. 
Could have been a touchdown. Could have been a 40-yard, 50-yard, 60-yard play. Rodgers misses him in the only place he can't miss, outside. Now, generally speaking, on those balls, you want to throw it away from the safety. But Alan Lazard is over his inside shoulder with room to the middle of the field. Can't miss it there. There are th- there have been throws where Devontae Adams has got open down the sideline and Rodgers has overshot him. It's not the, okay, MBS is gone and he can run under most of these throws and he makes Rodgers better on these deep throws. That That is a thing where you have a bigger margin for error and it could be a case where Aaron Rodgers is trying to be perfect and trying to make sure he's putting enough air under them. He has, he has underthrown MBS a couple times and so maybe he's like, man, I got to get these balls out there. It just hasn't been the same sort of efficiency from him. And the only thing I can think of really that would that would be causing some of this is his being uncomfortable in the pocket. On the play that Ross and I talked about and the play that I just mentioned, the Alan Lazard play, Elton Jenkins got pushed a little bit into the backfield, but he's to, he's to Aaron Rodgers' left. Rodgers fades to his left into that defender. So it, it is hard for me to go, well, he's unsure of his footing because of the blocking. Well, that's your best offensive lineman in the game. And you faded into the pressure rather than away from it. And didn't get your feet set and stepped in the bucket. Rodgers, I, I try not to worry about the footwork with Rodgers because he can make these throws from crazy platforms with both feet off the ground. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. He's going to he's going to he's going to look different than other quarterbacks. But that's an unforced error. That's not about the pocket collapsing around you. It's just a miss. And they might find the rhythm. And you might get David Bakhtiari back and you slide Allen Jenkins inside and everyone feels really good about it and they get the run game really going. They get the play, heavy play action go, game going. They're able to get these guys running just butt naked down the field. No safety in the middle and you've got someone just, you can just lay it out there. I mean, those those are the plays that, that they had last year. I mean, guys running just wide ass open. That hasn't been happening so far this year. In fact, they've been a bottom five team in terms of uh, wide open receivers this this year. They were first in the league last year. The offense has not schemed up guys open as consistently this year as it did last year. So part of this is also on Matt LaFleur. He has to take some responsibility here too. I, I appreciated yesterday or two days ago, excuse me, when Matt LaFleur said and gave an explanation for the amount of empty that they were playing. I, I think they're going to trust their five-man protection once David Bakhtiari gets back, whether or not that's this week or next week or the week after. We don't know yet. But my guess is that will lead to a, a return to form in a lot of ways of identity. They're they're using empty 5% more than they did, um, or 5% more of the time. Uh, it used to be about 9%. Last year was about 9% of their snaps were in empty this year. It's almost 15% uh, in empty. That's a that's a big increase, you know, relatively speaking. So I think you'll see that fall. Their success um, using heavy personnel, I, I think, supports that. That was the case last year. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're in wait and see mode with this offense and defense. We're waiting for guys to get healthy to see what this team truly is. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Get Upside. 
This is especially important right now because the price of gas, it's crazy. It's crazy. And my listeners are making, making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cent per gallon fill up on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50% 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, bank account, whatever you want. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Joining me now, as she does every week, now on a five-game win streak from Fox 6 in Milwaukee, Lily Zhao. Lily, the Packers beat the Bears. Aaron Rodgers still owns Chicago. And so I ask you, how you doing? Peter, great to be back on another uh, victorious week for the Green Bay Packers. It's always fun to talk football when your team's on the up and up, right? So uh, it's, it was fun to be there in Chicago to witness them win in person, uh, a good solid win. So doing great. How you doing? I'm excellent. Um, and I, I guess I have to know right off the bat, did you see any birds being flipped from your vantage point in the stadium? Uh, I will say sadly from where our press box is to where he scored, it would have taken binoculars to see mm. uh, the birds, but based off of what we saw post game, Plenty of birds were flipped <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> Turns out there were there were plenty of birds. Um, and and so look, this is one of those this is one of those iconic moments. Instantly, I mean, instantly, and I think social media helps you know these things really really light on fire. But this is something that we talked about. Jason and I did on Monday in our newsletter for the leap. Like, where does this rank? in Packers bears all time lore. And I was like, I don't know, where does it rank all time for Rogers himself? Because he's had these iconic quote moments. I don't know. Do you have any, do you have any initial takes on that? Ooh, I mean, it's, it's 100%. If we're just talking about the, I still own you comment I'm right. like, that's probably like top two with relax. I would think um, like the run the table comment was good, but it wasn't like, I guess to the fans or anything, it was more so like, we're going to go run the table. So I'd right. say like, probably top two with, with uh, the relaxed comment there, I'd say. Run the table is better in retrospect, right? Because they ran the table. So it then it's like, okay, that was a cool, that is a marker of the moment. But in the moment, it was just sort of like, yeah, Aaron, like they had just gotten their butts kicked by Washington. Like it didn't, it didn't send chills down your spine the way that I still own you did. I mean, that is, that's pretty outstanding. Something that, I think, I think he's getting lost. And I want you to read um, on this. Rogers said post game that he had thought a lot this week about this being his potentially his last game at soldier field. And you tweeted that out. And I quote tweeted like, Oh God, we're going to do this every week at every venue. Like, Oh, this could be the last time you're at Arrowhead. And it's just sort of like, well, he's been to Arrowhead like twice relax, but this is, this is going to happen. What, 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 if anything, did you make of his answer? Because he said, I've thought a lot about this week, but I don't think it's going to be my last one. I feel like every time Aaron Rodgers says something, it's not like he's not saying it flippantly or I shouldn't say flippantly. He's not saying it without intent. The man is so smart. He's so cerebral. He's saying things because he means it. 
So when he's saying something like that, it's kind of like it turns your wheels a little bit like have there been conversations about the future? You know, it's still very early on in the season, but have there been those behind the scenes talks with the Packers brass about the future of Aaron Rodgers? Because, you know, looking at the numbers and everything, it's a big, huge question mark as to if he can even be back next year with how the money situation is with his team. So with him saying it, it's kind of like, ooh, haven't had a conversation. We don't know. Maybe it's just him saying it, you know, wishfully thinking that, oh, I'll be back and this won't be my last rivalry game in Chicago. But I don't know. It's, you know, Aaron Rodgers says things with intent. Um, and so it definitely got my, 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 my ears perked up when you said that, though, for sure. The the tone was so different. I mean, you came on right after Rodgers came back or we found out he was coming back. Right. And so once he started speaking, it was well, we'll see. I mean, he was asked, are you, do you want to be here next year? All that stuff. And it was always, I'm focused on the now I'm focused on right now. I want to talk about now. Like we'll figure out later, later, at, at least that I can recall. This is the first that I remember him going, no, this is this, this, there is this future part. And, and I've thought about it. And this is something that I think is going to happen. I mean, that seems like a real thing. And I don't know that it's gotten the kind of play that, that maybe, you or I think that it deserves. And I guarantee if he hadn't have said the I still own you comment, maybe it probably would have been talked about in a bigger light because that just like, took over the airwaves and rightfully so. Um, but isn't, I, that, isn't that part of this though, Lily? Like my thought after that is he just loves to beat the Bears and he loves to stick it to these teams. Like how how do you, if you're if you're have these hesitations and reservations about staying with this club. You go into a game like that and everyone in that end zone, we saw the photos, everyone in that end zone is flipping off Aaron Rodgers and he's screaming at them. And it's just sort of like, if you're Rodgers, how do you walk away from that? Like, this is why you play. Exactly. And maybe just in that moment when he's saying that, cause he did say, you know, I blacked out, you know, there's right. moments where you do black out. Um, maybe just during that moment, he's thinking, I can't give this up. You know, I want to stay. I want to play another how many years against this team? This team, and no, granted, it's going to be at Lambeau later in the year. But you know, there's just a different feel when you beat the Bears in Chicago in their home turf. So maybe in that moment, he was thinking, "Oh, like this, maybe these feelings of winning these rivalry games and beating these fans that love to hate him is something that could keep him." But you know, it, maybe that was just wishful thinking. Maybe it was an indication that they have had talks with him about his future. We don't know, but it's definitely, it definitely makes for good talking points for us, for sure. It sure does. I am all about the content for us. In terms of this game, though, um, it, the Packers come out slow again, and they have been down in the first quarter, I believe, in five of their six games so far this year. This is reminding me a little of, of 2019 when they were coming out slow, 2018 especially. Um, and last year, they were so good coming out and starting fast. What do, you, what do you think they're missing? What's going on? That's a good question. And I was thinking back to 2019 as well because that was it seemed like every game. It was, you know, first, you know, they were behind a six. They couldn't score. Then they had to come back and win. And then last year, it was just they came out guns blazing from week one. And then they were just able to score in every consecutive opening drive, which we haven't really seen uh, in a long time in this season. So I don't know. It, it's like they they have those scripted plays for that opening drive, but it's not like they're producing. So it, I don't know if those defenses are just figuring out what those scripted plays are. And they're just, you know, 
figuring figuring them out. But when you're looking at kind of what they've done, it's, you know, there's the key guys, Devante, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. It's not really many other key contributors in that aspect. And I know we talked about it last week. It was like Al Lazard, Robert Tunyon, even Mercedes Lewis. It's how do you get those guys involved? Even Randall Cobb. Um, Cause these, these opening drives haven't really been that inspiring or they've gotten just to midfield and have just stalled. It's, you know, two, two miss, miss throws, whatever. But I will say Aaron Rodgers is still a phenomenal quarterback, but there are just a couple of those throws where you're like, Oh, he would have made that. He should have made that. And that probably would have been the difference in a couple of these opening drives. For sure. There have been a couple of deep balls, especially his deep passing and and Jake Morley um, from Pack Report tweeted out a couple. He's been tweeting out the stats all year that the, the deep passing especially has just not been there for, for Rogers so far. I want to talk about Quadzilla. I want to talk about AJ Dillon because Matt LaFleur said last week and the week before we need to find more ways to get him involved. We need to find ways to get him touches. Now he's breaking off these chunk runs the last two weeks. He's had explosive plays. Is this the version of AJ Dillon you expected? Has he exceeded your expectations? What are your impressions of him so far? I think the the last couple of times I was able to, able to talk with Aaron Jones, it's you know he's he's always told me that the sky is the limit for AJ Dillon. So while this is encouraging from what we have seen so far from him, I don't think this is the best he can be. It's still early on in his career. It's still early on in the season. I think there's still a lot more we can see from him, especially the passing game. You know, he's really kind of broken out there. And it's really been fun to watch these tailbacks get involved in the passing game because that just makes everything more dynamic. Um, But to get him involved and just to spell Aaron Jones has been really invaluable because I think when you're looking at this offense, I feel like sometimes third and one or even second and one, fourth and one, you're kind of like, uh, they're gonna they're gonna pass on a slant, right? But now it's like they can go up and down the field and get that one yard with a guy like AJ Dillon. So I think that you know this is still the beginning of his career. I think he's gonna be much better as the season progresses. But with what he's done so far in six weeks of work has been really encouraging. What defensively? How much can we take away from this game? Because Justin Fields, I believe he's gone over 200 yards passing one time this season, and it was 209 yards in that game. The run defense is still a problem. Where are you with with where you think this defense is right now? Because they're really banged up. They have a different ceiling if everyone is healthy, but where are they right now? They're playing good football. Um, You know, the red zone defense is a whole other thing we could talk about. That's not good football. But when you're talking about, you know, in between the 20s, I mean, they're they're playing pretty solid football. Granted, the Chicago Bears don't have a very potent offense. So it's hard to kind of gauge where this team is at when you're, you know, defending a rookie quarterback and doesn't really have a lot of weapons, yada, yada, yada. So I think, think the really big challenge will come. Thursday night and, you know, against the Cardinals and then the following Sunday against the Chiefs is how do they perform there against two really good quarterbacks with two really good offenses? Um, that's going to be a really good gauging point. But granted, it's you don't know who's going to come back defensively at that point as well. But I think for now, they're doing their jobs they are doing enough to help this offense. And that's encouraging to see like they're not losing games. You know, in the past, we talked about, oh, it's up to the Packers defense. Yikes. But now it's they're not losing games or they're doing their jobs, but they're going to have two tough tests in the next three weeks. Uh, we had Ross Aglaman yesterday from Pack Report, and he was talking about Devondre Campbell and and what he brought to this team. Uh, it seems like there has been, for whatever reason, and maybe it is just coincidental, but it seems like this team is playing much more disciplined. And maybe it's Joe Barry, but Devondre Campbell to me seems like he's the guy that not he he's not erasing mistakes, but he's making sure guys are lined up correctly, and he's playing his butt off. 
like is do we need to be talking about this guy as as a Pro Bowl player? Like what what is going on with him? Because this is this is better than we've ever seen him play anywhere else. Exactly. And I feel like he deserves a lot of credit. And while it's not he's not doing anything you know, flashy every single week. It's the stuff he does, you know, to get those guys set up, tell them what the checks are. That's the invaluable stuff that you need in a leader on the defense to make sure everybody is set and they know what their assignments are. Because, you know, if you're looking on to the sidelines, trying to figure things out with five seconds left on the clock, it's kind of like, well, this is not what we want. This is not disciplined. <laughs> right. um, we have a guy like Devon. We did see that early in the year too, where guys were like trying to get lined up and it was like, who's where? And it, it became like a, a fire drill. Yeah, exactly. And and now it's kind of the last couple of weeks we've seen things kind of calm down. He's been able to get everybody in line and that's what we want to see. And, you know, I think it's going to be really encouraging to have him in the middle of this kind of leading the charge per se once, you know, hopefully as Adarius comes back way down the line, but you know, Preston was injured. Those guys in the back end are really banged up. So having him in like a steady force is what this defense needs. Kenny Clark came through on that last drive in a big way, two sacks chasing down Justin Fields. And I mentioned this on Twitter. I mean, the guy is 300 plus. I don't know how many pounds over 300, but he's over 300. And yet in the fourth quarter, he's chasing down 4-4 Justin Fields and getting these sacks in crucial moments. Is is this the best you've seen Kenny Clark play since he's been in Green Bay? Because you've been in Green Bay, I think, for his whole career, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I really have. Um, it's It's certainly... For sure, the best I've seen him play. You know, there's another level I think he can still get to. And the injury last year really hampered him. But I think with how he is playing this year, it's just indicative of what kind of guy he can be in the future for this team and, and be a pro bowler and all that stuff. Because even we heard Matt LaFleur say he felt like he was going to throw up when he saw Kenny Clark go down. Because if Kenny goes down, I mean, who knows what we can see on the defensive line. Like, he's really the lifeline of that line. Um, seeing players bought off in the fourth quarter and, and kind of seal this win for this team is I think what we expect from him and what he expects from himself. Well, uh, the Packers have Washington this weekend. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but is there, you know, this is, they're coming off a rivalry game. How, what is your concern level that there could be a letdown here, especially with this huge stretch coming up? You mentioned at Arizona on a Thursday night and then at Kansas city the following week. It's certainly a, you know, players hate the two words trap game, but it could potentially be a trap game. Um, you know, I was talking to Oren Burks the day before, and, you know, he said he really likes Taylor Heineke, likes the athleticism, likes how, you know, he gets his guys in check and, and how is their offense is rolling as well. So they're going to present a big challenge, but it's, again, a team you should theoretically beat at home. Um, but then again, it's, you know, even that first quarter against the Bears, it was really lethargic. There was really no energy. So, if that's kind of what this team comes out with on Sunday, who knows? They they could be in another hole. So you don't want this to be the quote unquote trap game for the Packers, considering the two big games they have coming up. But I I like this team's chances against the Washington football team, especially with everything going on with their upper echelon of folks. What a disaster they are. I can't believe you pass on an opportunity to use juice. Juice. Anyone playing the drinking game is so disappointed that they did not get to take a shot there. But Lily, this is great. Um, I, I'm thinking six in a row is a pretty good possibility for next week. Uh, and, and I can't wait. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily's out for joining the program. And I want to thank you for making Locked on Packers your first listen of the day. This episode of Locked on Packers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. 
It's a place where friends and families come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for for a study group, knowing they'll have defendable dependable Wi-Fi and the endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home team or away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Chocolate milkshake, French fries, maybe some chicken nuggies if you're feeling it. That is, it's hard to beat. It really is hard to beat. It's like it's like a warm blanket meal for me. Really is. So head to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Packers watch party? I'm loving it. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't had a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. I have tried all the other protein bars. Trust me, you have to try these amazing bars for yourself. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or impossible to to swallow because it's so dense and blah. Built Bar soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know you're eating something that's different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. And yet, Built Bar, low in carb, low in calories, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of something being delicious. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, crossover Thursday. I called it opponent Thursday yesterday. That is a relic of seasons past. I used to call it opponent Wednesday when it was on Wednesday. Crossover Thursday is what we're doing tomorrow. Live stream on Friday, live stream after the game on Sunday. Go subscribe to Locked on Packers on YouTube. And if you're watching us on YouTube, right down below, hit subscribe. Tell a friend, share it. Hey, have you seen this? This is fun. You should watch this too. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap. 